let's go with some happy stuff because we're kicking off our 2024 village tour today. Over the next 26 weeks or so, we'll be visiting villages all over Tipperary to highlight these wonderful, wonderful communities. And we're starting in Upper Church this morning and we'll go live to Canaan's Pub in Upper Church in just a little while. But first of all, Ali and John G took a walk around the village. The Tipperary Village Tour, funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Okay, John, here we are to kick off our village tour of Tip Today for 2024 and we're starting in Upper Church. Here we are on the Bog Walk. We are out in the Bog Walk. Just the two of us. Isn't it so lovely to be here in the morning? And we're walking through the bog and... um, you know, uh, this is a bog, and believe it or not, everybody used to think a bog was a waste of space. But actually, per square metre, they have the most active ecosystems, the most life within them compared with any other uh, landscape. Mm-hmm. So there, are, And if we look here then, and I'll point it out to you there, if you see the green bits there, they're actually sphagnum moss. And they're green. And what we're saying here is that without this sphagnum moss, we would have no bogs in Ireland. Mm. And what happens is, they're, as you can see, they're green. And they cover over the bog. So what you'd have is a lake, firstly. So we're in a hollow, you'd have a lake, then vegetation would fall into it. But normally that would decay very rapidly. But what the sphagnum moss do, does, it covers over the entire lake, blocks it off, doesn't allow air into the water, sucks out the minerals, creates an acidic environment, and that is the environment then in which what we get here, the humpy terrain, and that's what we get, which is a called a uh, raised bog. Yeah. And the, the thing is there then, that this would have been terribly important to the community mm-hmm. because remember, there's only a limited number of trees, coal was very expensive, so people would come here and this would have been a social occasion on a good day every summer. Now, you wouldn't want to think that it was, you know, this was all kind of a holiday experience. It was backbreakingly hard work for the adults. The kids would come in as well, but then people met. It was fun as well as that. And in fact, then some of the young people would meet, meet here. Sometimes you'd have a bog romance, they talk about it. And maybe even if you push in some occasions, you ended up with a bog marriage. Aww. So they were central to the whole community. So what we'll do then is we'll walk back up here now from the bog to the village. Some other fascinating things to look at along the way. Yeah. Loads of community development here. It's lovely to see with the bog walk as well that even though in traditionally it would have been the real heart of a community, they've been able to maintain that by developing the walk on it. They have developed the walk on it. In fact, you know, I was out here sometimes and we had people coming in from as far away as Germany and cutting turf in here. Now, unfortunately, that ended with COVID. But at the same time... Um, it, you know, it, it was a, it's a wonderful amenity and, you know, as you can see, we don't see it now, but there's lights all around the bog and it's great. People can come in and exercise here as well and they're near the village but very safe but out in the middle of the environment as well as that. Now, this bog is largely worked out. A lot of the peat has been harvested, but once you stop it like this, it will restart again and... 
the process of peat making, which takes about 10,000 years, will start again. Isn't that wonderful to think of the magic of nature? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, let's walk on. John, we've completed our loop around the bog and it brings us then outside the creche, which is a fantastic example of what can be done in a community. Isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, in a way, upper church people will forgive me. We're here in the middle of nowhere. And what do you see? About 10 cars parked outside here. I don't know if you can hear it. You can hear the young kids and they're playing in there. They're having fun, that kind of thing. And this is community enterprise. This isn't private sector. This is owned, built and run by the community in here. I understand. We'll find out more when we go back into the pub now about it. We'll have to talk about it. But I think there's about 12 people employed out here. You have about 40 kids in here. And then it's a great service that allows mothers to work and that kind of thing. I mean, the regeneration that has gone on here has been fantastic. And it's just what a beautiful building. But what I love to see, and we miss it so much in rural villages, when you come in during the day and you see cars parked, rather than all those cars commuting off to Limerick or into Turles or whatever to work. I think it's fantastic. This is a credit to the community. We'll have to find out more about yeah. it now when we end up before the fire in Canans. Why aren't we seeing more of these? I mean, I, I would imagine there's a lot of red tape involved. Years of work, is, is that why? Yes, I think that is the problem. Most communities aren't just as strong as Upper Church to fill in the forms to do all that kind of thing. Uh, I think that's what has really happened and Upper Church have the strength in there but we have to reduce I think the amount of red tape the continual form filling and there's all kinds of rules then how many workers you have to have with uh, the numbers of kids and that kind of thing that doesn't apply if it's an unofficial crash that somebody has in their you know in their in their back kitchen and yeah. that kind of thing but we'll find out more about that because Upper Church will know well about yeah. the form filling and red tape but they do manage to get over it they're fantastic Where to now? Up, we're going up in to the village and maybe we look not all community projects are so fantastic and we look one that didn't go well for upper church okay let's go okay john you were speaking about developments uh well we were just outside the crash talking about what great work a community can yeah. do you were saying this is one of the failures why so well yes indeed there is the first thing i would like to say is on the way up here is you, all the kids out there yeah the isn't that playing hurling playing hurling absolutely fantastic. and the prognosis from upper church when upper church development started was the best thing to do with this area was forget about the population and turn it into turn it into forestry that was the prognosis and that the school would inevitably close there is in what has actually happened the opposite has happened the numbers in the school are actually increasing out here and Upper Church is considered a wonderfully desirable place to live. In fact, you see all the new houses yeah. going up around the place. But this then is the one, and even I kind of contributed a bit to it myself, that didn't go so well. Tipperary leader came in behind that. There was no climbing wall in Tipperary. It's a great place for parties, a great place to exercise, a great place for kids. Mm -hmm. And they applied for that, went through all the paperwork, got it going. And I remember this place with 20 people climbing here at night, school kids coming out here we had the Gael school with the upper church people did it all through Irish everything working out here and then what happens gradually even though there's never an accident here the insurance costs go up more and more insurance companies are leaving Ireland and in the end they say we won't insure you and now it's a, a reminder so there is no insurance and it'd be impossible virtually to get insurance of this now and this is just an example
example of it. But all across Ireland, any kind of a business that has the word adventure or challenge or anything like that about it, once you put that word in, they're straight away in trouble with insurance. And, you know, and there's, there are a small number of businesses, so we don't hear so much about them. And the problem with the whole thing, as far as I see, is this. If I want to go in there and I feel I can't, you know, if I feel I'm likely to fall or I'm careless or whatever, then I get personal accident insurance if I need can't fund being out of work for three months. Mm-hmm. But instead what is happening here is the local community are expected to fund my, my accident insurance. And of course you can't get it. But the bigger the thing here is when you go in onto farmland and that now, what the expectation is the local farmer through his insurance will insure me they should not have to do it or insure anybody else. I think that we're coming up to elections now. This is something that has to be urgently dealt with. It became a big issue in 2019 and 2020 with the swing gate thing. Then COVID came along and it was all forgotten about. Yeah. But it's still a huge problem and I'd love to see it on the agenda for the election because it's killing a lot of rural Ireland. Absolutely. All right, let's keep going. Okay, John, as we walk up through Upper Church, then uh, up the hill, and then you have the vista, and you realise why this is such a popular destination for walkers. It's lovely. It's absolutely fantastic. A little um, valley here in the middle of all the hills. What I love about it is... Across rural Ireland, pubs are closing. Maybe some people don't have a lot of sympathy for pubs. I think they're wonderful to keep communities together. And look at it. We have three active pubs still in the village where most villages this size have absolutely none. So it's great. And we're coming up here now and we're outside Paddy Canaan's pub and Paz on the other side. But if we look at Canaan's, this pub was started by a man called Paddy Canaan. And I think we have to look back here to the um, War of Independence. And what happened here was, I see the War of Independence, everyone said it started with Salah Hedbegip, possibly did, but it was hardly a war. Very little happened after Salah Hedbegip. There was a not long ambush in May. Then the guy who investigated that, D.I. Hunt, was shot in Turles. And later on in the year, policemen were shot up in Lara. But a lot didn't happen. There was a few assassinations, raids for arms and that. The war really started for me in 1920 when the IRA brought in a new policy and that was attacking RIC barracks and forcing them out of rural Ireland. And they began attacking those. And one of, so, they, you know, there was attacks all over the country. And even when they didn't succeed, and a lot of them didn't succeed, it told the RIC, it's too dangerous for you now to come out. We can attack your barracks even. It's too dangerous for you to come out in the countryside. And gradually what happened then was the RIC were forced back into the towns. And one of the attacks here then was on Roskeen RIC station. And the man who led it was Paddy Canaan here, and he was the leader of the local battalion of the IRA. He was the battalion commander, and the thing to think about these guys is, they weren't guys that were selected. Mm-hmm. They were elected by the local community, yeah. whereas the British haven't all been selected. He no saw military his, training? Or no military like training or anything like that. They just have made their way along. Now, they didn't succeed in the attack on Roskeen Barracks, but what it did was, it forced, generally forced the RIC back into towns back into the, into towns like Torres where they had the support of the military. Now, I'd be fascinated to know, because I know after the attack on Hollyfield Barrage that didn't 100% succeed, what actually happened was they abandoned it. And once you abandon the barracks, well then... 
the IRA is, becomes their territory. Mm. And of course, out here then, they had their own court system, they ran everything. And in the end, what happened was, as far as I could see, places like this were largely kind of independent. And the British government only had authority really in the towns. The countryside was the preserve of the IRA. And when they retreated then from barracks all over the country, the IRA would burn them out and that was a sign of it. So I'd, I'd be interesting to see what happened to Ross Keane barracks after that. Was it abandoned? But of course it's now moved on and people will know it because of course you think of the name, what well, it's a pub now, what do they call it? They call it the Peelers. Of course the Peelers were the police. That was the name for the police then kind of the slang name for the police so there's a fascinating amount of, I think, of information that we would want to find out, want to find out here. And I think Paddy Canaan as well here was involved. And he was a big Jim Stable from Upper Church. I think he was from Upper Church who shot D.I. Hunt. And the man who would have been leading that, and I think, who was there on the day was Paddy Canaan. And this was his shop. And of course, Paddy Canaan then went on later in life to start this pub. But he also was a great gale goer. So if you look at that, the whole front of the building and the Plaque to Paddy Canaan, it's all in, 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 in Irish. So, you know, it's a great way of keeping the local traditions alive. So, I think what we have to do now is we've talked about, you know, the, uh, the War of Independence. Let's go in and find out more. Let's try and find out from the local people exactly what happened to Roskine Barracks. What exactly, what did Paddy Canaan do after the War of Independence? He later became a TD. What is the involvement there? And find out more about the real stories of the people here during the War of Independence and in fact the Fenian Rising in 1867 when Roskine Barracks was definitely burned out that time. So let's go on and I think the fire is lighting. Absolutely and as we make our way in we are going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back live from Canaan's pub. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Yes, and we join you live from Upper Church this morning here from Canaan's Pub. Everyone say hello. And we're delighted to kick off the 2024 Tip Today Village Tour here in Upper Church. And the reason why we picked Upper Church, and I'm sure you've heard it during our pre-record with uh, with John G there in our walk around the village, is because it's such a special area. And it has things that other areas don't have. And we wanted to find out why that is. And the reason is because of the wonderful people and the wonderful community that are here who work tirelessly and a lot very much under the radar for what exactly is here. So we have a number of people that we're going to talk to today. But let's start uh, at where we are now. I mean, it's freezing outside, but where we are is nice and cosy in here in Canans with the fire lighting. Neve Canan, good morning. Good morning, Alison, and a warm Cade Milafalta to Upper Church, and we're delighted to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And myself and John spoke about uh, your dad, Paddy, as well, during the pre-record as well, and the legacy that he has left. How inspiring is that for you to kind of continue his legacy? Well, I suppose I was only three when he died, so I have very little, very vague memory of him. But I have to say, our mother was a wonderful woman, and um, there was never a day that his name wasn't mentioned. So it, I was actually, I'd say, in my 20s before I realised what we lost. Yeah. You know, because he was very much part of our lives, and uh, she always wanted us to know our relations. She wanted to know his friends. She wanted to promote Upper Church. She wanted, she, and she inspired all that in us, really. Mm. So um, I've only one sister, and uh, and my late brother-in-law passed away there a year ago 
uh, Jimmy Butler. So um, we, I suppose, the, the, asking about Dad, I only know all the good things, and it's a pity that our friend Connie Ryan Long can't be here because Connie has a, a terrific memory of yeah. all the things that happened, and he he would be able to tell you more about it. But um, yeah, Dad was very involved in everything in the parish. He he uh, he didn't take sides in the civil war. I mean, he had his own side. He was, he was part of the original. All these people were friends before the Civil War, yeah. so he, he remained neutral. He wasn't either a card-carrying member of either party, but he was uh, with the, the, the art corps of the IRA, and, and from that, I suppose, Sean McBride, he knew him because attending meetings in Dublin and that, and um, he, he, uh, he came down here, I think, three or four times to persuade him to to run for politics, to start a new party that wouldn't uh, leave behind civil war politics. Yeah. Now, they were a bit before their time. Yeah. They had a meteoric rise and a meteoric fall. And, of course, um, there was p- key people in all that, Dr. Noel Brown and the mother and child scheme. Yeah. There were so much other things. Plus, the main parties realised that they were losing ground, so they stepped up their campaign a bit yeah. to... to Crime back. So, no, Dad was, was, was very involved in everything, and on the, at the 50th anniversary of his election to the door, the people of the parish um, put a plaque outside the door, and there was a great day here. Huge crowds turned up to it. You must have been so proud that day, were you? I was, yeah. I was more sorry that my mother wasn't alive. I know. She was just dead three years at the time, so I would have liked her to have her been there. She would, she would have been very proud. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, she yeah. would have. Yeah. Now, like this, the saying goes, a black cat is black kittens, and you've always been involved in committees here as well. You've been at the heart of everything yeah. that's been, but that's that's kind of been developed here as well. Yeah. Upper Church is very unique in that. I mean, the level of community involvement, isn't it? Yes. Well, when we left school, you know, and uh, I was obviously it was, and the cards that had been coming back to here, I I was we joined a, a wonderful organisation, Mockery of Herma at yeah. the time, and many people were going to college like today, and uh, it was a fantastic organisation to get a voice for younger people to talk. So I suppose I thought I could, at, at that age, that we could solve the world's problems. It took me almost 50 years to realise it doesn't happen as fast as that. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, no, I got involved in Mockery, totally involved it at North Chip and county level, and then I got involved in the local development, which has been a wonderful organisation yeah. for this parish, and uh, many projects that this Margaret, our sec- current secretary, will talk about later. Um, uh, we have this wonderful achievements, yeah. and of course the hill walking. We had, a, we had a brilliant festival here for years called the Ned of the Hill Festival, yeah. and uh, that was a huge success. And um, uh, we also then that went on to with the hill walking, and of course we have Tom Ryan here today and Joan, Joan Quinn, who were the only walkers and the official walkers in the in the, in the parish at the time, and. Uh, they really were an integral part of starting the hill walking. Yeah. So the, the development became an umbrella group for all the smaller organisations, the historical society, the housing for the elderly, the, the active retired, everything kind of came out of that. Of course, we had, I'd like to, to mention, uh, I, I could mention so many names, but I, I suppose I leave it in general. There's a lot of people who have passed away, just people who are now not able to attend meetings because of age, but played a very much a huge contribution mm. to where we are today and I'd really like to acknowledge them because um, they, they, they sowed the seeds and ploughed ahead in, different, in difficult times yeah. and um, 
you know, so here we are today now, and we think we're we're very up market. So yeah. from humble beginnings, and of course, John Gerrard played an integral part in that when he was appointed um, development officer. I think was his title back in those days, uh, back in the late eighties, let's say. Uh, he came on, and of course, he he was took up a church under its wing. Mm. And uh, we've 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 had I will. There's so many people here now. You've that will tell you all the different yeah. stories. But no, yes. And I just like to when you were talking there. Um, I think I told you about Willie Leeson, who was actually shot up there by the by the black and tans into in um, 1920, and uh, that was the same day Terence McSweeney was killed. Really? Yes. Yeah. And uh, at the same day that Michael Ryan of Cordoff was was shot in his bed over. And I think the the black and tans tried to shoot my two uncles, but they escaped. And um, that's so there was a lot of history in the area, yeah. and all these people sowed the seeds for where, where we are today. Yeah. You know, so so for for all that uh, that spirit that came out of all that, that's still as alive today, even if it's, if it's in a different way. But mm. and hill people have always had to rely on each other because yeah. we're we're we're. Uh, we, we're proud to be Hill people, but we've supported each other. And we have a, in our development, our logo is Erskoa Kaila of Arnadina, under the shadow of our people we live, you know. So yeah. uh, so that support is there. And you can see it by the crowd here this morning. They're all dying to tell you all the things that's, yeah. that's happening. And I'm going to come around. I'm going to come back to you, Neve, towards the end, all right. But I will uh, do a little tour there now. I might go down to Margaret, first of all, just to find out more about these great committees that are here. Uh, Margaret is the current secretary of the Development Association. Margaret, tell me, first of all, because what we have here that I love is the community crash. I mean, I've never heard of any anything like that in any other community. How does that work? Um, well, very welcome anyway, Alison, to Upper Church anyway. Um, Michael Green, I suppose, is the, the man about the creche, we'd say, so he can talk to you about that. That's fine. Yeah. So what we can talk about yeah. then is maybe the housing development yes, as well. Yes. I mean, that's an incredible committee yes, as well. Yes, but yes. In, terms of the, um, in terms of the associations here and everything, I mean, there's so much to be involved in here as well, isn't there? There's no excuse for anyone not to be involved in committees locally. Definitely, Alison, definitely, Alison. As Nee said earlier, I'm the current secretary of the Upper Church Demand Development Association. Yeah. I took on the mantle after Neve, so I have great guidance there, so whenever I need help. Um, we're doing lots in the development at the moment. We have a tractor run coming up on the 4th of February, which we're very excited about. It's a great community day because old tractors meet new tractors, so it's a great kind of a gathering of people too as well, and we yeah. have a cup of tea and a chat before they head off on the route around. We've been very lucky in Upper Church over the last couple of years that we've got grants mm -hmm. um, from leader and various organisations. Um, recently, we've um, been granted a sports capital grant. So at the moment, we're in the process of opening up a gym in Upper Church Village. Brilliant. So that has allowed us to purchase equipment. Um, we have spinning classes going on currently at the moment in the hall. At, and we've also received uh, community trails grants. So this has allowed us to maintain all the lovely walks we have in the village um, and in surrounding area. We have a walk in the village known locally as the Bog Walk. Yeah. Um, this is lit up every night until 10 o'clock. We have great seating around the area between 
park benches, picnic benches, so families can come, they can walk around, it's lit up, it's lovely, there's little fairy trails there for the young children mm. to find. So it's a great sense of community on that sense of it. We also organised last year um, a clean-up in the village, and we got great support with that. That's great. Yeah, and it was lovely, it was, everyone came on there, did a bit, we cleaned up the grotto around here in the village, and uh, just general maintenance of the area so it was great to have everybody come together yeah. and the sun shone on us so it was yeah. great <laughs> yeah so I, do, I get the feeling upper church is different to other communities though there's a lot more of a community spirit here that i think than in a lot of other areas i, I you're probably going to say of course there is here so we're brilliant here <laughs> but do you think it just feels a bit more unique than other communities definitely definitely i married into the area so from day a one blow in, Margaret. Blow in. yes yes i know terrible um, but from day one i've been made feel so welcome yeah by everybody in the parish and you know there's great encouragement to join associations to join groups we also have the community text alert which has been up and running for the last five years maybe or so so that's fantastic and we'll be organizing um that people can come and get their different items say labeled as well so like that's we're looking forward to that as well. So yeah. great activities going on. There's a busy year ahead, so yes, very busy, very yeah. busy. <laughs> we wish you all the best with it. Then thanks so much Thank for talking to us this morning. Thank I might you. go to Father Tony next. How are you, Father? Hello, Alison, and uh, welcome, welcome to Upper Church from Dan. Lovely to talk to you this morning. Tell me, I know you want to talk first about some of your highlights, anyway, or, or some of the the big issues from last year, anyway. Tell me about that. Well, last year, 2023, I think two things stand out for me, and uh, the first one was the passing of my colleague, Father Donald Cunningham, on the 8th of December, mm -hmm. and uh, he was here for 27 years, and we were together, colleague and friend, for the past seven years, and he was very devoted to his duties, caring for the sick, and... Um, involved in many many things and he loved his people and he loved his church and he organized so many pilgrimages to Lourdes and to Fatima and as well he promoted devotion to uh, divine mercy mm. and with great great commitment and um, a lovely man and so I miss him it's just over a month ago and on this coming Sunday then we have his month's mind mass yeah. where our people will remember him mm. and I suppose the second thing that stands out from 2023 was uh, Peter Ryan's uh, walk incredible wasn't it oh unbelievable yeah. I mean in years to come it will be recorded as a young man Peter Ryan with 10% vision yeah. uh, ran from Malin in Donegal to Mizzen in Cork over five days, the equivalent of running three marathons a day, mm. a day, and he completed it in Mizzen. And not only that, but um, he raised, I think it was about 120 €20,000 online and our parish here just took a collection the previous week and it was I think about 5700 was collected and given to the organisation called Vision Ireland yeah. which will look after people with uh, uh, various impairments. Yeah. So five days running 380 miles or whatever. Un unbelievable yeah. and uh, to finish it and to turn out I'll never forget in Nina where about 200 people 
uh, met him as he completed his run from, I think it was Granard in Longford to Nina, mm. and um, how he was applauded in by our people. And yeah. then, of course, and we had a great night in November when he was welcomed uh, back home. Uh, it was a big church celebration and act of prayer of thanksgiving and mass and uh, afterwards in the hall over 400 people there. Yeah. Oh, uh, but a memorable, monumental achievement yeah. by any standards. So uh, they're probably the two things to stand out from last year. Mm. But, um, you know, going on what you're saying, um, I'm only here just seven years now, but uh, as you can see, from the short time you've been here, it's a very friendly and welcoming parish. Absolutely. And opportunities for everybody yeah. to get involved, whether it be from a sporting or a cultural or a spiritual uh, aspect. People mm. have that opportunity. You know, we have so many sporting organisations. The lads here will talk about that later on. Uh, you know, whether it's hurling, football, soccer, camogie, mm. uh, you know, from a very early age, right up. And then you have, uh, you just take Tromban Hall where they have line dancing and set dancing every Tuesday night and uh, tea dancing on a Friday night for a particular group who enjoy that, that activity. Yeah. And uh, you've got historical society that produces this journal every year, people who are interested in history. Mm. And... Uh, uh, so, uh, as as Margaret has mentioned there earlier, uh, the Bob Walk yeah. and promoting the activities there, uh, people of all ages can can get involved. So there are just a few of the things that which make uh, Upper Church uh, so so special. You have a youth club yeah. as well here uh, also, and then every Wednesday night we have car drive, a 45 car Yeah, drive. I came on the right day. It's car day, isn't yeah, it? you're very welcome yeah. tonight. <laughs> 90 people every every Wednesday evening playing cards. That's because you see that that used to be so common across mm. all communities like this across the county. It's getting rarer and rarer now, isn't yes, it? Yes, well, they come from everywhere yeah. here and they enjoy the company, I think. Mm. And it starts sharply on time and it ends, you know, at 10 o'clock. Uh, so uh, people meet and it's their night out. And then in the GA Pavilion, Monday night, there's cards also. So uh, opportunity for people who enjoy those uh, activities uh, to get get involved. So as I say, uh, active retirement, you know, doing wonderful work also. So Absolutely. Great. It's welcoming and uh, as Margaret says, they're more and more invited to come in and participate yeah. in these activities. Well, thanks so much. It's lovely to talk to you. Hopefully we'll get you again before the end, Father. Thanks so much for talking to us. Who's going to talk to me about the creche? That's Michael, isn't it? How are you, Michael? Because I'd, I'd be interested to know, and I'm sure a lot of communities are listening to this and wondering, how do they do it in Upper Church and how can we do it where we are? T explain to us how it was set up, the creche here. Um, you heard about the community already and the commitment to the community, but I think this project really tested our mettle. Mm. Uh, there was long nights and long evenings given discussing about it and to mention maybe where the money came from uh, we had a representative from here that was on our committee that travelled Europe and that was Con Ryan and he had a uh, few people working with him at the time in the hall and they were looking into all these 
projects and where you get money and what have you. So eventually, anyway, uh, the crash was discussed and I'd say every blade of grass around the parish was looked at before we eventually came up with a site and then we had to look into the money end of it and uh, we got 1.2 million. Brilliant. So we built it anyway and it um, is an outstanding success mm. but it is all mainly due to the people that research the grants and people might say what would we do with the crash in Upper Church but we we haven't room for what we have at the Isn't moment. Isn't that brilliant? And I mean this is a community crash run by the community for the community. I mean yeah. that's what makes it so unique. Yeah. And fair play to Pobble and fair play to Leader. Every shilling we got in the parish here Leader was with us all the way. If we had any problems we could go to Leader and they'd come to us. Yeah. But what they liked about us was, and what they liked about the committee, when they gave us money, they made sure we were going to spend it properly. So the biggest problem anyway, getting back to the crash we have at the moment, is to have enough of workers. And at the moment, uh, it is expanding so much because of all our young fellas and young people that are building in the area that we have to maybe look at the hall for after school. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, it's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. And that's exactly yeah. what happened here. Yeah. But uh, the crash definitely stands out. Yeah. There's many other projects stand out uh, besides the crash, but it's certainly one of them. Yeah. Well done on it. Yeah. Uh, is there any issue? I mean, I know a lot of crashes will say they have issues with insurance and different things like that. The fact that this is a community crash, does that alleviate those issues or do you still have those kind of issues that you have to deal with as well? Well, we're governed by the Child Care Committee, which is uh, ran from Nina. Mm. So any of our problems are solved for us there. Yeah. Uh, from an insurance point of view, I think as a community, the biggest problem we had here over insurance was our climbing wall. Yeah. Which was a great success as well. Yeah. And all the schools that came here to it, but it was wiped out by the insurance fiasco and there was nothing we could do about it. Is there any hope on the horizon for that, do you think? Well, at the moment, there don't seem to be any hope. It's but, a shame, isn't it? Yeah. But getting back to the crash, we have no problem with insurance. We had problems for a while there with uh, trying to keep managers, but we're very lucky at the moment that we have a very good manager. Yeah, that's brilliant. And we have a committee that looks into the crash, uh, just a few of us. We have a bigger committee. We, have, we had to set up a company, of course, mm. and we had to have directors, which you have to have with a company. So we just fizzled that down to maybe two or three that keeps in contact with the crash. So, I'm sure there's communities listening to this going, I would, we would love that and we'd benefit from that, but it sounds like a lot of work. What would you say to them? Well, I can tell you there was a lot of late, late nights, cold nights, sitting around. Sleepless nights. A table, yeah. you know. Uh, it was really down to commitment. Mm. It was really down to uh, the spirit of the area. Yeah. You know, so. Well done, well done. Now, who's going to talk to me about housing? Because housing is very unique here. Is that, um, uh, sorry, Richie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How are Hi. you? Nice to meet Good, you. Good, how are you? Good. Richie, tell me about the housing development, because that's another unique uh, development association that's here as well. How does it work? I am, well, for me, anyway, I joined the Housing Commission in 2017, and 
It's linked in at SVP, and I'm the president of SVP, and we have four houses in Upper Church, and there's four in Drumban, and there's two two-bedroomed, and there's a three-bedroom in Upper Church. And uh, most of the people in the houses in Upper Church and Drumban are local people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of important. Like, they think they're local. And probably one of the big things that, that I see that comes from it, and visiting them, linking in, and going to the meetings, is that they find a real sense of security living locally and yeah. being from the local area. And that people, like, like I mean, I'm, in, I'm on the committee now, a couple of years, but Connie was Connie Ryan was president, Peter Harrington is secretary, and like they're visiting them all the time and they're linking in to them. And like, there's always someone calling to see if they're okay, if they need yeah. anything. They pay their rent. If there's a problem with the rent, if there's a problem with heating, if there's a problem with anything, we'll call in and see and help them out to make sure it's okay. And that it's so, is it the association then that applies yeah. for planning and builds yeah. the yes. houses and yeah. then the people yeah. come in? And they get the funding then, and that takes time to come through. But it comes when it comes through, like it happens, like you know what yeah. I mean? And there's, there's supports there. But also, they got a big award there in 2017 from the Irish Housing Association of Dublin, Dublin, a huge award. We all went up to the to the, um, the actual ceremony. And one of the big things that came out of the award was that the sense of community that got behind the housing and got yeah. it going 20 something years ago. So that was one of the big things that came out of it. And that the, the sense of that people feel safe and secure in the houses and that they're looked after. And I'm involved in another area as well, in Limerick and Torles, working in housing, and that we, we come across a lot of people that feel isolated in towns. Yeah. They don't have sports in towns, they don't have people calling. Here in a rural area, people call people visit and yes people still have their own they have their own sense that they can be on their own and yeah. they can live on their own but they can be part of the community as well so that the housing took a lot of work took a lot of years and you have to credit Lord Mason someone like Pat Buckley who was hugely involved in it mm. you know and done so much I'm on the committee since 2017, but I mean, this is going since the late 70s. Like, you know what I mean? Are you, is this a very unique committee then here? Like is there anything else like it around the country? I think it is, and I think a lot of the committees here are unique. Like, since 2000, I've, I've been away 25 years, and when I came back in 2002, I joined lots of different groups. Yeah. But I think does it, the big thing comes out of here today for me is since the people will volunteer and will help out and will get involved. And once you have people getting involved and will get, get involved in stuff, things will work. For instance, in SVP, we got three new members this year, and everywhere I go, I go to the meetings in Limerick and Dublin, they cannot get volunteers. Yeah. They can't get them. They're having a national campaign now in a month's time to try to get volunteers. What is that, do you think? Why won't people volunteer? I think this, um, as Marga said, when anything happens here, people get involved, whether it's hurling, football, soccer, cycling, or anything. It doesn't matter. People will get involved. I think they want to be part of the community and they want stuff to work. Yeah. And if you want something to work, you've got to get in there. Plus, there's no money. There's nobody ever mentions anything about money. It's all volunteer, the word volunteer, people do for nothing. And they get involved for free. And I think people want to be involved. Like, mm. I think that around here, since I came back in 2008, I've never met a place that people get stuck in so, so yeah. quick and so much. And I think you'll find that going around to other villages as well, but you'll especially find it here that it does exist here in a yeah. strong way. And long may it continue. Absolutely. Mm. Now, we're, we're running out of time a little bit. Time is flying here, so we might move on to the sporting groups. Michael, we might talk about the GAA. Of course, at the heart of every community is the GAA, and no different here in Upper Church. Upper Church from Ban, we have to say now, don't we? Yeah, exactly. That's the, you know, the parish is Upper Church from Ban, yeah. and, you know, like every parish in the country, there's a GA club in, involved and it is the centre centre of the parish like and um you know we're we're an organization that's catering for under sevens all the way up to adults and that's that's twenty teams just on the upper trust from Ben male 
portion of the of the club. Um, we're also facilitating now. There's a, a new club set up, a ladies football and camogie club, Steve Phelan. Ton of women. Yeah, That's exactly. Brilliant. Yeah, so um, you know, so there's a huge pulled in on the resources because of all the teams that are using it. And, and last year we were in the lucky position where we were able to purchase extra land beside our beside our current facility. So um, we had to do a big fundraiser for that. Um, so we raffled a brand new John Deere tractor, brilliant. which was unique for a club in Tipperary. Yeah. And you know, a small rural club to take on that, we knew we would be able to do it because of the spirit and the drive um, that everybody in the community wants to make it a success and expand the facilities. Yeah. So, so that was the, the history. So going forward now, in the coming years, we're, we're going to have, you know, a five to ten year development plan in order to develop that, that facilities, that mm -hmm. 12 and a half acres for all the teams and all the kids and all the adults, both male and female, across the parish and uh, the Schlieffale and Rapparees as well for, for them to use and that everybody can be proud of and that will be used by all clubs um, in Tipperary, you know, we, we hope to see clubs in Tipperary playing, playing on our new field in, in the years ahead. So. Absolutely. And soccer, of course, another big one here. Billy, tell me about the soccer club here, because you don't only just play in Tip, you play abroad as well, I hear, don't you? Oh, yes, we have um, <clears throat> we have our soccer club uh, since 1968, and we, we did a big development in the early 2000s. We, we bought the field and um, field dressing rooms and... Uh, uh, developed a second pitch, so we have two pitches, and we, we hope to move on to, to some bit of all weather stuff. But uh, as uh, for going abroad, um, each year in June, the first or second week of June, that there's a, a thing called the Europub League, which uh, consists mainly of, uh, you know, you have all these Irish pubs in the various cities in Europe. So um, it began with the, with the one from Rome, but we got involved anyhow. We, we, somebody walked into a pub and met somebody and. We got invited, so every every year we we go there. It's in Valencia in Spain this year. Uh, last year it was in Nice in France. Uh, we've been to Munich. Uh, You're only going for the soccer course. We're not going for the crack at all. You were not. Well. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I, 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 like, like, soccer is only the excuse, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. But the, the, this, um, so we, we actually hosted it in Drumban uh, in 2013, and we had um, eight different countries represented. Uh, so um, the Italians won, anyhow. The Scholars Pub in Rome. Uh, ah, well, no, the man who, who runs it is, is um, Declan Crean from Wexford, um, and he is. He visits here whenever he's in Ireland. Uh, often, sometimes when he's in Ireland, he calls to Jim's pub there now and then. Uh, you, you might meet Jim. Uh, anyhow, th this year we're off to Valencia in Spain. Like, like Michael said, we're, we're lucky to have um, good facilities. We have several teams, juveniles and um, two adult men's teams. The, the women, sometimes we have a ladies' team and some years we don't. Yeah. At the moment, we don't. Yeah, but still, a bright future there. Well, hopefully. We're uh, still going. Yeah, well, yeah. you see, uh, actually, soccer fluctuates a bit with the fortunes of the national team. If When Jackie's Army... Does it? It does, yeah. When, when Jackie's Army was going well, we had everybody wanted to play soccer. Now, now things aren't... No, no one wants to play it. Yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't say no one wants, but the, the same enthusiasm and fire isn't there. That's interesting. I never knew mm. there was trends of it like that. Well, that's guess. What's also, of course, we're in Upper Church, so another big uh, activity here, of course, is walking. Joan, I have to talk to you about the walking. Um, tell us, of course, Upper Church, very well known for its roots here. But you haven't just walked around here and in Ireland as well. You've done Mount Blanc as well, haven't you? I have, yes, yeah, back in 2007 uh, with my husband, Jerry. Um, what was yeah. that like? 
um, uh, oh, great experience, tough, yeah. but um, yeah, looking back on it now, um, um, great experience and, and, and um, great achievement yeah. because uh, it was tough going and um, we were climbing for, for two days and Ooh. reached the summit in the, as the sun came up in the morning. Beautiful. And yes, yeah, yeah. How yeah. long have you been into walking then? Um, I've been walking with the Mid-Tip Hill Walkers for oh, over 20 years now. Wow. So, yes, you must yeah. be delighted to see this real resurgence then in popularity and walking, particularly around this area. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah. And any time you pass the, um, you know, the, 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 the entrance to the walks, there's always cars parked up. And yeah. yes, lots of, yeah. We have um, three great walks here in, 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 in the parish, Nuckalow. And Eamon and Connick and um, Burchill. And then we have various events during the year. We have a night walk at Christmas and we have dawn, ma- dawn walk um, at Easter where Father Tony will say Mass at the top of the hill. And yeah. then various walks for charity, um, for, for, for charities, the GA, lots of, of uh, charity walks. And we have a, there's a big one coming up in conjunction with Mitip Hill Walkers, John G, who we were talking to earlier, um, in memory of uh, Michael. Sutton, who was um, um, an avid walker and cycler and a great friend here in Upper mm. Church. So, um, that's in April, isn't it? That's the 6th of yeah. April, so we're hoping for a, a, a big turnout on Absolutely. that day. And it's for um, uh, Bishop John Ryan, um, a native of Holy Cross, who is out in Malawi. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, wish you all happy walking, happy walking. And what they love here as well, of course, is a bit of an old hooli. And Fergal is going to talk to me about that. The hooli on the hill, it started last year. Uh, Fergal, how was it for a first year? First year was very great. Um, we're delighted that it was success and everything went off very well. We were, we were uh, lucky with the weather. Everything, we had storms coming up to the, on Friday. Saturday morning cleared off and uh, it was uh, for for the community it was a great success. All all the locals came out to help out, and yeah. it was it was just just couldn't couldn't thank him enough. Like yeah, because I mean you're no stranger to it here. Because what was the big one he had then? It was the Ned of the Hill Festival. Yeah, was the, the big festival. one a few years ago? It was wasn't indeed, it? Yes, yeah. So uh, I suppose uh, that finished up in 2001, and we had I suppose uh, Shane McGowan was the big yeah. name at that stage. Like so. Um, all the young people were saying oh, they missed out on Ned Hill and was there ever going to be any other festivals so I suppose uh, madness took over at that end and we just uh, ploughed on. Well, what's the plan then for next year? Next year is the August Bank holiday um, to have the second Hooli in the Hill so we'll work from there. It's great, it's another event to build on then isn't it? And yeah. then to draw people in. Yes, yeah, so that's what it's all about, we like, we like bringing people into the area and showing yeah. off our, our lovely hillside and and our lovely community that's been built up from over the years, like so. Yeah, uh, is Jim in the mill here? Did he arrive while I was there? Oh, there he is, Jeepers! I walk past you, Jim. How are you doing, sir? We couldn't come here and not talk to you. How are you? The finest. How is yourself? Oh, you're great. Yeah. Tell me, anyone who doesn't know what Jim in the Mills is, I'm sure there, there's very few of them left now. Tell us about it. Ah, sure, it's an old house down the road. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much to tell you about. It is a kind of. It's the same as it was, more or less, when it was built. Right. And maybe that's the attraction of it, you know. Maybe. The, the but you, is it still Thursday nights you're open, Thursday is it? nights mostly, yeah. Not all night other than that. And the crack is still mighty. It is good enough, yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm sure you've many a tale now to tell from, sure. from a few. But even from here, I mean, we like Canans, we're, we're, having, we're having a great morning here and everyone's been very welcoming. Yeah. Are they putting it on for me? Or is it, are you always no, like no, that? It is genuine. Yeah. It is genuine. There might be a bit of... 
misinformation nowadays. Oh, really? Like yeah. what? Harry wouldn't know the devil. You couldn't disclose <laughs> those things, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. So tell me, you're still open anyway every Thursday yeah, night, we are you? Yeah, every week, yeah. We it's the place to go, I hear. Do you still have large crowds coming down? We do. We have, yeah. we have all the time now. We're fairly good all year. It's because you're so exclusive. It's like an exclusive club. It's only open one day a week. <laughs> I don't know the difference. <laughs> what's, what's the attraction? But anyway, we have the people coming all the time. That's brilliant yeah. to hear. And let's, do you know what we're going to do? I'm going to lead you into a song because I know we're, we're pushed on time. Yeah. Eve, thank you so much for having us here on the first day of our village tour for 2024. I know there's so many people I didn't get to. I'll have to come back and do another day. But any chance, Jimmy, might lead us off on Eamon and Knick, maybe. Would that be, not to put you on the yeah. spot or anything, but the group might join in. Could we do that? We all know him in the He learnt it in school, surely, didn't she? <laughs> Will you start us off, Jim? The words are up there, Jim. I, I yeah, the know. words are on the wall, Jim. Yeah, well, I, I think, would it be, would you think it'd be suitable at all? You don't think? I, I'd say that they Well, what, what song do you think would be suitable? Very, very few know it, so they know it. Uh, no, what, can I ask you to pick an old song then to sing us out? Siobhan, come out here. Siobhan. Poor Siobhan is hiding. Or Siobhan is... I'd maybe sing a Paddy Leary from Tipperary. Off you go. All me named is Paddy Leary from a spot called Tipperary. The hearts of all the girls I'm a-tarnin. But before the break of morn, sure it is they'll be all forlorn. When I start for Philadelphia in the morning. And with me bundle and me shoulder, the normal...